So in Luke 23, or I mean Luke 9, uh, verse 23, uh, and of course, you know, he's he uh, has just had this conversation with his disciples about who is he, and of course Peter tells him that you're the Christ. And uh, and he says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself, or be cast away? And whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory, and in his Father's and of the holy angels. So that's that's serious. That's a big deal. But, uh, you know, I like how he talks about just, you know, about denying yourself, take up your cross, follow me. It's a pretty simple concept, nice and straightforward. One of those easier said than done type of things, right? But uh, who then, when you started out on this journey, uh, who were you counting on to get you to the end of the road? So, as I said, you know, somebody come up and testify about how God let you down. And you guys are all so well trained. You laughed. I like that. I was expecting, I was expecting maybe like the, the crickets. You know, like uh, what is wrong with this guy? But you all know me too well, and you're too well trained. Um, so, so surrender then to this this relationship of coming into oneness with Him. Uh, you know, and we've we've talked about this a lot around here about. If you're going to be one with the lamb that was slain, it would follow that you too shall be slain. And so, But he said that, that, that we have been already, that we should reckon ourselves as having died with him. And so a bit of the time, he, he brings us into that place where, where we die to ourselves and, and are alive to him. Go with me over to Philippians. know, for, for years when God would talk about surrender, taking up your cross, I'd always just kind of sit back there with my stomach kind of making little noises like, oh, I don't like this. It makes me anxious. I like life just the way it is. You know, and, and it's interesting because, you know, because God talks about, uh, well, here in, in Luke, Jesus was just saying that... Uh, you know, that if you seek to save your life, then you'll lose it. And if you seek to lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And it's an interesting thing because over the years I've known lots of people where God had to work with them a bit on actually building their life a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, let's don't just float down the stream of life. Let's get out a paddle and, and let's let's aim a little bit where we're going and let's let's put some effort in. Uh you know, it's like if you want to get married and have a family someday, then you're probably not going to be able to, you know, work at the pizza place for the rest of your life. You know, or, you know, you're going to have to have a real job. That was the conclusion I came to when I was in love with this beautiful young thing. And I, I worked a minimum wage job that uh, 
I could make my own hours as I went. Disastrous, disastrous job. Everybody thinks I I work hard. It was just I have to be there, so might as well work. But this job was, it was the dumbest job I'd ever had. And and it was, it was boring. I mean, I talked, you know, I mean, this job you didn't use your brain less than painting. I mean, it was just like your brain just sort of shut off while you were at work and you're just doing this mindless stuff with your hands and it's a terrible job. And I realized if I was ever going to move out of my parents' house and I was ever going to get married, which was quite the motivator for me, I decided I was going to have to have a real job and so I did. Um, and so it's interesting because then God works with you a bit about building a life and, and taking life seriously because uh, if you don't if you don't put any kind of effort or care into your life, then that doesn't really reflect well on God either. Now, if he puts you in a place where it appears that everything is falling apart, but you know that you're there because God put you there, you're in a Sabbath, and you're selling all your stuff and living in a car and, or whatever, but that's where God has you, that's a different matter. And so I was thinking about that as I was reading this lesson. I was like, but God, you're... you're teaching me how to like actually make my business grow and run like a real business and it's like I'm putting all this effort into it and then I feel like you're telling me I'm going to have to just throw it away <laughs> you know and, and and I know that's not what he's saying but but priority then right we we put our priorities in the right place so I'm I I certainly appreciate your prayers as I'm learning to unplug at the end of the day turn work off and you know, I uh, uh, arranged for some one-on-one time with my kids, and uh, took Jeremy out yesterday and spent some time with him, just just him and I. And it was like, you know, the song of his soul for a thousand years. He was so excited, and I was excited. We had a good time. And so today is Levi's turn, and Lord willing, tomorrow will be Zoe's turn. They're all bouncing off the walls with excitement because you know who doesn't like to get to hang out with their dad cool as I am, especially. <laughs> of course, if you know anything about the, the five love languages, the way that people will express and give love, you know, uh, uh, get, the giving of gifts is like my big uh, um, way to express love. So my kids are like, yes. <laughs> so he's going to come, he's going to spend some time with me and he's going to buy me something. Yeah. So, yep. Um, so in Philippians, I didn't tell you where to go because I was not quite sure yet. <clears throat> Might as well go to two five. We're quite familiar with this, of course. Probably don't even need to turn there. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's a great word. Let it be. You have to. You, you let it happen to you. That, that would be a surrendering to it then because he comes and knocks on your door and uh, he's got this little USB. It's like this little flash drive. He's like, hey, check it out. Here's my mind. So I'd like to plug it in and let you download it. Are you good with that? So you can tell I've been working on the computer a lot now. I'm going to start having different illustrations now. Like, like, well, all of his painting metaphors were lost on me anyway, so. 
Yeah, Bob understood. He spent four grueling years in the paint mines with my uh, my my whip at his back. So, hey, well, the frivolity in here today is really something else. So, um, kind of nice. Usually, I feel like I'm kind of shoveling coal into the the furnace. <laughs> It's like, you know, like the regular Sunday service, like everybody's already good and warmed up and song service and they're singing, they're ready to listen. It's like everybody comes in here and I'm like, okay. And, you know, it's like first hour at school. You're trying to, <laughs> trying to wake up and listen. It's like, so you hope they have some throwaway class scheduled for the beginning of the day. Um, so, so let this mind be in you then. So then this is something that you 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 let him do to you. You ask him for it. And and he's God is way more anxious to do for you than you are to ask. You know, we uh you know we're we're taught that it's not polite to ask for stuff or, or whatever or to be too grabby or too asky. It's like, well like I am just gonna kinda hang back and see if he offers it or whatever. And and he's he's like saying, Here, please take it. Like I'm I'm offering you this thing and I really want it because every parent knows if they could just get their kids to think like them, life would be grand. You know, as my kids are getting old enough to take their own showers and brush their own teeth and and you know, all kinds of stuff they just do by themselves. Glorious. I don't have to micromanage them. Um uh, and but but then you find out that they think differently than you do. And so then you have to kind of, like, okay, well, I've, I've sent you out there to do what you're doing, but I, I need you to do it this way because this is why you're doing it. And so so God knows how to put his mind in us. And he says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on in the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So that's that would be full surrender, wouldn't it? Obeying to that place where you're going to die, and that's what they 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 teach you in the in the military. Like if your off, commanding officer gives you an order and you think you're going to get killed, then you do it anyway. And they program you so well that you just do it. That's why they get you when you're like 18. Because when you're in your 30s, you think more clearly than that. Like, if if I get out of this boat and get on the beach, they're going to shoot me. Like, send the young guys in there. You know, they they're they're good at it. So, so that full surrender then that you know, because uh, Jesus didn't just take up his cross once; he took it up all the time. And and that's then that's what he's saying. He says, I'm not telling you that. Um, that your life is going to be just this drudgery of never doing anything that you want or anything you enjoy, but I'm saying put me first and surrender to the things that I want you to do. And uh, when when you get that settled, that I I'm going to put him first and I'm going to obey him in the things that he does that he wants me to do, and you and you follow through on that. I'm going to read a little bit more about that here in a minute. Uh, getting that settled 
then you can obey the stuff that he wants you to do without the sense of, you know, because when, you, when you're doing something just because you have to, it's not nearly as enjoyable as making up your mind, I'm, I'm going to do this with a good heart. Now, I'm not saying everything God's going to have you do, you're going to go skipping down the road. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, <laughs> we all have, you know, we all know Ron's stories about the things that he did, about how he did not want to go back to Africa. Uh, I remember somebody was telling me they were talking to Ron when he was packing to go uh, to Ghana. And they're like, so are you excited about going to Ghana? He's like, no, not at all. Like, I, I, I do not want to go back to Africa, period. But God told me to go, so I really have no choice in the matter. I'm just going to go. And so he did. But then look how God blessed it. It was like it was home. And then he kind of didn't really want to come back here. And so uh, and so that's the thing is, you know, uh, your flesh will tell you, but yeah, but if you don't do what we want to do and you do what God wants you to do, then I'm not going to be happy. It's like, well, maybe. It's like, and then your your life is just going to be bleh. But it's like, do you know of anybody who has more joy than Ron? That that has more peace, more happiness, more of a sense of well-being about just everything in life? Because because he did this. Because he, he took up his cross. Because he humbled himself and became obedient. And so that's all God is expecting us to do. So... Uh, every time I, I come around to that conclusion, I'm like, great. But, like, I don't see myself being so able to get there, you know. And, and that's the thing that we all realize. Uh, so I'm going to skip down a bit to uh, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So do all things without murmurings and disputing. So I like that. The the Darby says it, uh, God is working. is uh, It's God that works both the willing and the working. So, so then, uh, so... I find myself in this place where it's like, but what if I don't want to do that? I really don't want to take up my cross. I don't really want to deny myself so much. I like me. Then then you can take that to the Lord because God will put in you the the willing then. And he, and he knows how to get you there um, in ways you would never think of. He knows how to, to work it circumstantially in your life. He knows how to just make changes inside your heart. He knows he knows what you need. He knows the easiest, most efficient way for you for him to get you to that place. And and uh, so he knows how to put that willingness in there and then the ability to follow through. I heard this song once about uh and you probably heard it too, where he's talking about you know being at the altar and wanting to have everything all working perfect in his life and stuff, and and he says, how do I not lose my follow through between the altar and the door? And it's like, well, because God works in you to will and to do His good pleasure. The Holy Ghost 
is the follow through. And, and your part of that is to just cooperate. Your, your part of that is to just obey him and work with him on stuff. Surrender, right? So, so God tells you to, it's like, okay, so here's a, here's a moment of, of follow through. Do this. And so, uh, so you decide, okay, I'm going to do that. Or you decide, well, I, I assent to that, but I don't know how I would do that. So I need you to help me do that. And, and so then comes the willing and the working again, right? There he is, ready to, to get you through that stuff in his life. So uh, briefly, one other thing here in Philippians in, in chapter 1. I'm usually a bit more long-winded than this. I'm actually about done. See, nobody came up and had a testimony, so kind of <laughs> kind of threw me off. I kind of expected somebody to come up all sad-eyed and be like, well, no, I didn't. No, I really didn't. But in Philippians 1, verse 6, you guys all know this. And I'm going to back up just because it makes more sense. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel for the first day until now. That's great, isn't it? It's like, you know, I don't know, you... You know, sometimes I just think, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody at church. And uh, I always thought of myself as a very not talkative type of person, and that I kind of don't like to talk to people or whatever. And then uh, over the last few years, there have been lots of times where the kids were sick, or Cynthia was sick or whatever, and I ended up coming to church by myself. And I found out that I was still like the last person here. So, and and any of you who are people that I talk to regularly know that once you get me started, I don't really shut up. Uh, but uh, it's actually kind of beginning to work to my advantage because now I have this job where I have to talk to people that I don't know. And I found out I don't really mind so bad. I, I interviewed uh, three people on Friday. Uh, um, all by myself. Mike wasn't there to hold my hand. <laughs> I talked with these guys and did all the stuff just like a big guy would do. And and, uh, and it, it was it was interesting. I, I found that you know I didn't actually mind talking to a complete stranger, so that was kind of nice because I didn't think that I did. But it's always easier to talk to somebody if they're expecting to talk to you or if they want to talk to you than it is to just come up to somebody out of the blue and start talking to them. So I still have to do some of that. I'm not looking forward to it. But, uh, but you know, that sense of, man, everybody's going to be there. You know, like, there's lots of times where, uh, you know, there's like a party or something and, uh, like, I can't go because I have something I have to do. Like, dang it, everybody's going to be there. But me. <laughs> You know, like uh, there for a while, it, it seemed like it happened every month that I had on the weekend I had Pioneer Ridge. There was some sort of party that I was going to miss. I was like, come on, like wrong weekend, guys. 
but uh, um, you know that sense of you know thanking God for the the other people in the body because that's the other great thing. I mean, when you you know this this thing about surrender and and taking up your cross. I mean, this is a matter that's really just between you and the Lord. Uh, but it's always nice to know that you're not the only one. You know, so we're all in this fellowship together, all going down the road together. And and so it's always nice to know if you're doing something difficult or uncomfortable or whatever that you're not the only one. And so so I thank God for all of you guys that you are in this same uncomfortable place as me. Because <laughs> we can all be uncomfortable together. You know, like uh, I love the the story that Corey Ten Boom tells about being in the, the barracks that was three times overfilled with people. And they had people that wanted the windows open because they were in the middle and they were crushed between all these people and they were frying hot. And then there were the people next to the windows who wanted the windows closed because it was like 30 degrees out. And, they were, and there was all this fighting and arguing. And Corey and Betsy take hands and, and they pray, you know, God, only you could bring peace a place like this and it just kind of quieted down and then somebody said hey why don't we have the window half open that way we can be half baked and you can be half frozen and everybody laughed and they were good with that (laughs) so like well as long as you know we're all going to be uncomfortable we might as well all be uncomfortable together you know and and when you need something isn't it nice to be able to know that you've got uh, a whole church full of people that you could call and just be like, you know, I know I could call anybody and they would they would come help me. And uh, and it's a blessing to have that because we've all been in those places where you just needed somebody with skin on to talk to and or just to, to show up and just to help you with something because I, I'm not at all minimizing the importance of that time alone with God and, and that, you know, those lonely hours where God proves to you that you belong to Him. But also, that sense of of seeing Christ and other people in the body and having that, that fellowship and that encouragement and that sense of um, just not being the only one is really a blessing. So, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, I, I like that verse. Everybody knows that verse. And, and I think that that just kind of settles the matter, doesn't it? So so he tells you to take up your cross. Well, uh, okay. I, I, I don't know that I could really pick it up today. And, and he says, okay, that's okay. I don't know if I want to pick it up today. Like, okay, I can help you with that. I don't know if I could carry it today. Well, I can help you with that. And And... Like so, so who began this work then in you? Well, you did, Lord. Well, very good. Then, then you can be confident in me because I started the work and I'm not a quitter. You know, then that's the great thing is we can quit on him in the middle of something, and he still just keeps coming back and he keeps working with us and and getting us where we need to be. I mean, I, I think we've all probably just quit on God and taken the chicken exit on something in our life before. And uh, 
and nobody laughs at you when you go through the chicken exit like they do at, at Worlds of Fun. Everybody's like, oh, they're a genius. Maybe I could do that. <laughs> well, they take the easy out. I like that. You know, I was watching this movie once, and they were getting ready to interrogate somebody. And they're like, now, do you want to do this the easy way or the hard way? And the little thug guy was not too bright. He's like, well, I think we should do it the easy way, don't you? <laughs> sure, who doesn't like the easy way? Um, but, uh, you know, having having quit on something, not the end of the world, because God's a patient God, and He knows how to get you where you need to be. And and so, uh, He can. He said, okay, well, that that didn't work. I mean, haven't you ever done that with a project at home or at work or something? It's like, well, that didn't work. You know, you don't just typically you don't just scrap it all and quit and never try it again. You know, it's like okay, well then we're gonna have to try something else. And and God knows how to try something else because because He's the one that has started this work in you and He's the one that knows how to get it done. And and He He has every intention of seeing it through to completion because He is just simply not a quitter. So. Uh, you know, I was thinking this week about how much God has been talking about surrender and and, uh, and how it's always been such an anxiety-inducing kind of subject for me. And uh, like, you mean I might actually have to do this someday? You mean I really am going to have to do this someday? I mean, you know, but but God knows how to get you in a place where you 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 know you you might quit on a project, but you couldn't quit on Him. You couldn't give up just on on God and and he doesn't give up on you and so uh, I guess the the thing that I'm trying to say is as God talks about these things we want to take them real serious and and we want to to be striving to do the things that he'd have us to do uh, but all the while understanding that this is something that God started in your life and he has every intention of seeing it through to the end so, Jesus, we thank you for your, your word to us and for the, the great assurance you give us in your word that you know how to get us from beginning to end. And, God, what I pray is that uh, in every heart in this place uh, you would give us those knees that bow, God, those, those hands that would do what you would have us to do, those lips that would say what you'd have us to say, go where you'd have us to go. And that's what we want to be. That's the people that we want to be. And you said that you would put in us uh, both the will and the doing of your good pleasure to do the things that you want us to do, that you'd put it in us, God. And so uh, we are those willing vessels today. God, fill us up with that willing and the working of your good pleasure and, and get these things done in us. God, don't don't let some, some silly, uh, selfish thing uh, hold us back from what you have for us. God, some, some sense of, of difficulty hold us back, God, that, that that sense of you getting the things done and the assurance of, of your love to us be the thing that, that would hold us through the stuff. God, often in relationships, people ask us to do things that we'd rather not do, but, but the love uh, transcends that sense of reluctance, and God, I pray that you would put that in every one of us for you. God, I'm not satisfied. Uh, that I love you enough. I'm not satisfied that my uh, sense of 
love for you is enough to carry me through these things, God, but I know you can change that. And God, and I just pray for every person in this place that you would fill us up with that love for you. God, where, where we would have gone too far to look back, where there would be too many sunsets uh, behind our mountains. And God, we just pray that you would get these things done in us, God, and that we would have that like mind with you, God, uh, God uh, esteeming all of these things worthwhile uh, for the, the glory that would be revealed in us, God, to, to have that fullness of your spirit doing in us exactly what you want done so that the world could see you in us. God, and that we could come to the end of our road and have you say, well done. God, that is the earnest desire of every person in this place. And I am entrusting us to you to get these things done, committing us to you, God, to to fulfill your word in us. And you said your word wouldn't come back void, but that it would accomplish that which you sent it to. And so, God, we just pray that you would get those things done in your people. God, because only you could make the, the dry bones live. Only you can... Uh, make us into what you would have us be. And we just pray it and ask these things in your name. Amen and amen. All right.